Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Gail Kraft. She is a motivational speaker, podcaster, radio broadcaster, author, and empowerment master. She comes from the inner, from an inner city background who transitioned to the corporate world where she helped businesses achieve their goals with clarity of vision using her street smart grit. Gail, welcome to the space. I think I'm live now. You are live. Hello, hello. Technology. <laughs> Yay, we did it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so good to be talking to you, Gail. How are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Hollis, thank you so much for inviting me to join you in this discussion, this also important discussion. Oh, I am so, so glad you're here. And before we get started, let me just, does my microphone, does everything sound okay? Sounds good to me. Okay, good, because I was having some issues. Okay, so before we dive in to the pre prior question, to the first question, <laughs> why don't you tell us in whatever you want to say, just a little something about yourself? Oh, where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, so you did give a little, a little bit with my bio. I am definitely a child of the inner city, and um, fortunately for me, at a young age, got the opportunity to leave the inner city, which I think gave me my life, uh, got me out of the gang, and at a very young age, found myself as a manager of a rather prestigious firm without a college degree. I was invited into this uh, role and that was fantastic because I had no preconceived ideas as to what I'm quote supposed to do. And therefore I was allowed to be creative and innovative and really turn that company around in like 10 months. It was so much fun, so much fun. So, and I've been on the edge of creative and out of the box thinking ever since. First of all, I know we're going to dive more into this, but I have to address it right now. So you were literally, you were in a gang, correct? That's correct. 
know what you said. So you were in a gang. So then here, fast forward to being an adult, and they hired you in knowing that you didn't have college experience, correct? That's correct. I actually got a phone call from the president. Um, they were in trouble, and he has had seen me in action and said, I think you're the one who can pull us out of this. And I really, so here's the mindset. My thought was, there's nowhere to go but up. Mm, yes. I, I didn't believe that I would bring them out of business. Mm. Right? And that mm -hmm. just never crossed my mind. And so I went into that so excited and so energized that I was going to do miraculous things. And I did. I love it. This yeah. is, oh my God, this is going to be such a lit up conversation. Okay. So, because <laughs> we could just spend the whole time here and yeah. Okay. So let's do the, would you rather, and then we'll dive into everybody knowing more about you. So are you ready for the, would you rather question, Gail? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So here we go. Would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay to eat at any restaurant? Oh, the tickets for sure. Yeah, okay. You're a traveler? I would love to travel. I travel whenever I can. Mm -hmm. I'm on the road three, four, five times a year. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. So that would come definitely in handy. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm so, my cat, you know what, how animals jump up just at the perfect time? I'm having trouble ignoring this because he's trying to step on my keyboard. <laughs> so I have to remove him for a minute. Go away. I love you. Okay. Okay. So sorry, everybody. So here's the first official official question, which is, Gail, how do you define creativity? I define creativity as the opportunity to follow your instinct, follow your heart, and do something just a little bit different today. It doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have, you don't have to be Walt Disney, but something different than you did yesterday. And we are always creative every single day. We have the opportunity every single day to do something that excites us, um, that makes us happy. I say to live your life as though it were delicious. <laughs> I love that. Live life as if it were delicious because it's really, it's being in love with life and not being a victim and not looking at all of the crap that's going on because yeah, there's stuff going on all the time, but it is, it is a lot perception and what we do with it, right? Right. It's what we do with that. You know, bad things are going to happen. Bad things are happening. You know, I'm not a Pollyanna. I'm not, let's pretend everything is beautiful. It's not, but recognize, and, and you don't have to forgive today. Recognize that something awful has happened and that you have a million choices as to what to do about it. And if you're someone who's going to complain about it, then I would be saying to you, so what's your solution and what are you going to do to change it? Right, right, right. So, okay, let's do a deeper dive into, into you, into Gail. So um, I titled this uh, Exploring Life, Living Lost to Living Life. 
-hmm. But wherever you want to start, share with us uh, more about who you are, please. Okay. So, um, yes, the living lost. Um, There's there's so many flavors and facets to this, Mm -hmm. but I'll talk about one. I have a chapter in an anthology that's coming out in December. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And in this chapter... Um, I was asked to explore um, some of the things that happened in my life that made me feel disempowered, made me feel abandoned. I was definitely someone, if you had asked me at 20 or 30, you know, what are your abandonment issues? What's going on here? I would be saying there are no abandonment issues. I have no idea what you're talking about. So bear with me, guys. I'm just going to touch on a few of the things that are covered in that chapter. My mother tried to abort me while I was in vitro. I have no abandonment issues. Heck, I do. My mother passed away before I was three. I have no abandonment issues. Of course I do. My father worked nights. I was home alone all of the time. I have no abandonment issues. Of course I do. And there are many other stories in my life where it was compounded. And so that is why at the age of 13, I joined a gang. I was looking for family, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so my choices in life, as I reflect back, were all based around, I may not love this man, but I love his family. So I'm going to marry him because I want his family. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that one didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not a great idea. Did check that box yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Right. But I didn't know this. I didn't, I didn't face this, right. I didn't face my intentions when I finally started working on, okay, Gail, you have this huge brick wall up and people don't know who you really are. And so you come across harsh, you come across angry because you are defensive before you even have to defend yourself. So what are the bricks in that wall and how do I take them down? Because I want people to know who I am at my heart's level because who they see is not truth. And so it required a lot of vulnerability. It required a lot of honesty with myself and it required facing that abandonment issue, the huge one, um, and all of the other suitcases that we carry along with us and unpacking them and just putting them away. It's a lot of work, but at the end, I love who I am. And like I said, my life is delicious now. It's beautiful. So what was that first moment where you were willing to be vulnerable and realize that because you were, you were in safety mode, you were in defense mode, you were in take care of Gail mode for a really long time. So when was it that you were like, okay, I am kind of defensive. I am this, I am that, and I want that to change. So um, I was given a fantastic gift. I moved from the New England area, Boston, to San Diego. And I took a job, and day one, I knew it was the wrong place. But I was in survival mode, right? Mm -hmm. And I believed I could turn anything around, so I was going to make this work. Resistance doesn't work, guys. (laughs) So did I leave? Of course not. I was too afraid to leave. Fear doesn't work. So what happened is they fired me. 
What a gift, Hollis. I became so nasty, (laughs) right? That one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, I cannot stand you. How do you even have any friends? This has got to change. Hmm. That's the moment. That was the moment. So how how old were you? (laughs) Generally. Generally, I was in my mid-50s. So that was in your mid-50s? Yes. So wait a minute, wait a minute. When did you initially move from the Boston area to San Diego? Um, what, Late 40s, early 50s. Wow. Oh my gosh, I thought it happened so much earlier. Okay, okay. No, no I am, I am, I became fearless. I've always was a little bit fearless, but right now, I mean... I competed in dance. I started dancing um, around the time that I looked at myself in the mirror. Um, competitive dancing. I've never competed. Compete. In fact, I didn't start dancing till I was fifty, right? Wow. And I competed in the U.S. Swing um, Open competition. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. Did I win? Hell no! I didn't want to win. I wanted to just get there. Right, at my age, right, to be able to move my body, you know, and honestly, people think I'm 20 years younger than I am, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's because of my attitude. I look better now than I did when I moved out to San Diego. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which all goes to prove that it's it's living life. It's living the deliciousness deliciousness of life and doing these things that light you up, right? Right. I mean, so I happen to be watching my grandchildren right now. So I'm playing single mom, taking them to school and whatever. And I woke my grandson up who's seven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's a struggler to waking up. And I went, what a beautiful day today is you get to go to school and see your friends. I'm just so excited for you. And then after you have piano lessons, isn't that fantastic? Let's get this day started. And that's how I wake up in the morning. Hmm. Yes. It's, it's, it's just blessing the day. I remember hearing, um, uh, Les Brown speak and, Mm. and he said that the first two things he says when he wakes up and he puts one foot on the floor and then the other foot down and he says, thank you. Yes. Yes. And, and life is such a precious gift. We're here, so this is scale philosophy number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I've got so many of them. Um, But we are here to have fun. We are here to explore, to experience, to interact, and have fun. We're here to laugh. We're here for joy. Anything else, the pressure, the resistance, the, the agony, we put on ourselves. Hollis, when I was 12 years old, I had ulcers. I had intestinal issues. I had tonsil issues. I had so many problems because of the stress of my life. Right. None of that exists anymore. Right. Okay. So I want to, I want to investigate and explore a little bit more. So here, Gail in her fifties, um, got fired, realized that that was a gift and 
you started, you looked at yourself, said, just as a recap, I'm doing obviously everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like you. Um, and then you started to do these things that lit you up. So the dancing, well, we're going to get more into some of that, dive into that um, very soon. But so tell us about business-wise, what happened once you uh, got fired? What was the next step? I became an entrepreneur. Yeah. So tell us about that. <laughs> so I started off um, as a business process consultant, right? Because that's what I knew and um, started doing that kind of work. And I got certified as a business process coach. The certification is six disciplines. And when I was finished with the certification, I said, listen, guys, I love this. You know, it's how a business process should work. Um, It's nothing new to me, but you're missing the most important thing. And that's the people. So I'm going to get me this thing called a life coaching certification. So I communicate better with people. So I started the training and I, I, I was, I found home. I found my purpose. I found why I'm on this earth. I found this is why I was successful in business as a leader because I treated my staff the way I was being told to treat clients, Mm -hmm. listen to them and (laughs) give them what they need. (laughs) Right. Seems pretty basic, right? Right, right, right. Common sense, right? So it's not about you. It was never about me as a leader. I knew even at that young age in that first job that my key to success was not me, but that my staff performed at their peak. And it was my job to give them the tools and the environment to perform and to block any interference with that goal. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. Simple, right. right. Um, And so that's what I did throughout my life in business. So, so get back to um, doing this coaching thing. And uh, it started to pull me. It was not me following a path. It was a path pulling me along the road. And so, you know, I've got all kinds of training, you know, NLP, master's training, quantum linguistics. I'm even a soul realignment practitioner if you want to get Mm woo-woo about it. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I've just gone deeper and deeper into who we are um, physically, who we are spiritually, who we are emotionally, how complex of an, an individual each one of us is, and what does that mean? How do we get to live the ultimate life that we were put here to live? Hmm. And that's what I do as a coach. I have a new um, keynote that I do. So I'm also a speaker. Mm -hmm. And the keynote is the flow formula. And it's how individuals or teams can get into flow so that they work as a unit as one individual, not as a bunch of individuals um, going their own direction. And that starts with the leader. Does. Yes. So before we go a little bit more forward, I just want to go back for a minute. And first I want to do welcome. Thank you. Those being here live, we appreciate you. Um, Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box where we can see them. so when you got hired by this company that said, I need, we need you, mm-hmm. can you again, tell them, tell us maybe a little bit more in what you did just in that, in that capacity and how old you were? 
please. Um, I was 28, a mm-hmm. uh, single mom with a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, I took this job to get off of welfare. And so I was doing like customer service work or something like that. And when I was asked to take the leadership role, role the management role, um, all I did was, okay, so we have vendors that we're working with. They're not happy with us. Go to the vendors. What is it that you need from us? Will you give me six months? Fantastic. So we have money coming in and it's just kind of sitting there. So go to the bank and go to, um, to our financial advisor and say, listen, we need a fast investment and a way for this money to work for us. And we need to track it. How do we do that? Okay, so the staff is kind of disempowered and not really happy. Okay, staff, what is it that's not working for you? And how do we make that happen? Not very difficult. Mm -hmm. I just asked, what do you need? (laughs) Give me a chance to make it happen. And they did. And it happened. And was what was here's what was unusual about that. Because I was asked to come in and basically save the day, management didn't ask me anything. I didn't have to prove myself. I had permission to do what I felt was needed to be done. Mm-hmm. At the end, we had to actually before we closed our books had to buy software and computers and just spend money because our tax hit would be too high Mm -hmm. from, you know, about ready to go under to, oops, we got to watch our taxes. And the president called me into his office one time. I remember this so clearly. And he said, how did you know that this would work? Now, my thought was, how did you not know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But my response was, I just followed my instinct. Mm-hmm. And that's where street smarts came into play. Yeah. Because if I didn't have street smarts, I don't think I would have been bravely asking people, how can I help you and do it? I don't right. think so. Yeah. Well, I'm with street smarts. You know how to assess a situation. You, um, you are constantly on guard. So you're kind of looking and you're surveying and you're knowing how to approach, um, a person, um, how to, what kind of language to use, what kind of, you can read body language. There's a whole bunch of factors that are involved. Yeah, you're on you're on edge all the time. And so language, here's an interesting thing. Um, before that job, when I was just doing clerical type of work and just trying to figure out what this work world was all about, you can imagine what my language was like coming from the street, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the four-letter words were nouns, verbs, adjectives, right? And they were right. common. And I knew immediately that I was rather smart, Mm -hmm. but that I would not be taken seriously if I allowed my language to get in my way. And so I physically worked on changing my language and changing my accent. I had a very thick inner city Boston accent. Mm -hmm. And I worked at a young age on changing that so I would be taken seriously. Mm. 
So it's the self-awareness where, um, and like you said, intuition, where you knew what you had to do. You were very aware of the situation and had an idea of what you wanted to do, maybe not how you wanted to do it. Um, yeah. And you move forward. I mean, I can, I can say from my, um, I've worked inner city for 30 years. Um, my son um, has spent a lot of time himself, a lot of his friends, our um, uh, inner city, and with with him, I see I see my son constantly. He's twenty two. We'll be sitting there, and he's always assessing the space, right? And I can see him always like looking back, looking around. He's he's grown in so many ways, like you said, being aware of your language because now he's in business, right. and he's aware of how he needed to change, and even simple things like he did door to door um, uh, knocking on doors for selling roofs. And I mentioned this because I'm like, do you have any idea how important this is? He's like, you never have your hands in your pockets. It's a trust thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you understand that? Not that many people know that you do because of so many experiences that you've had, but immediately he's like, oh yeah, you just, you don't put your hands in your pockets. People won't trust you. I'm like, right. Right. Isn't isn't that, but it's, and it's instinct. It's absolutely instincts. I'll, I'll tell you. So one of the first, well, there were a few, but shortly after that job, um, I got bored, you know, because I fixed the problems, right? Mm -hmm. There were no more problems to fix. And, um, and so I gave a three month notice, hired and trained my replacement and left. And the other job, the new job that I got, I ended up moving around a lot. It was a huge company, a lot in the company. People wanted me, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted me. Mm -hmm. And I was working now in the training department. And I was responsible for indoor training. And my boss took care of external training. And we just made sure our training was saying the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. One of her trainers, she had all of the managers from around the country all come in. And one of her trainers did not come in for her presentation. So my boss came up to me and she said, I need you to cover for her. And I said, wait a minute, you hired a manager, not a presenter. Uh, I'm not a presenter. I'm a manager. Mm -hmm. She said, I don't care what you are. I need you up there. I need you now. So my first time ever in front of 50 people was that situation. And wow. I was, yeah, pretty tongue tied, I would say for the first few minutes. But then I realized that I knew more than they did about the subject that I was talking about. Mm. And so I got into a groove. And that's mm. when I realized my boss came up to me afterwards. She goes, oh, I need you um, more often with me on the stage. Wow. Yes. Yes. And so don't be afraid if you're thrown into a situation that you are totally not prepared for because you don't know <laughs> what you're going to find out about yourself. You don't. You don't. <laughs> it's so true. And it's so normal. Like the spotlight all of a sudden is on and you're like, oh God, <laughs> like, I, know, I, know. I didn't have time to work up to be nervous about this. So here I am and I'm feeling it. But that those are the key words I can completely relate to that you said, I know more than they do. Right? 
right? And it doesn't matter if I only know 25% of the subject that I'm talking yes. about. If they know zero, yes, I have a lot to share with them. When I had my first teaching experience with adults, I was 21 or 22, and I got this artist in residency and um, for ceramics, and they said, you have to teach along with it. And I'd been teaching since I was 18, but to kids. And mm -hmm. I went to school for ceramics, all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, my God, I have to teach adults? Like, I'm, t I'm 22 years old. Like, what? What? why are they going to want to listen to me? Like, what? what? And then when I was in the situation and there was a, a pivotal point when two adults were standing across the table from each other and one said, can I borrow a paintbrush? And the other one said, sure, if you give it back. I was like, oh, my God, they're kids. Yes. <laughs> they're kids. This is their starting point. They don't know anything. Absolutely. That first job as a manager, I was very, very fortunate, by the way, with very smart HR people to go to for training, right? Mm -hmm. And I can remember going to Donna Hoffman was her name, going to Donna and saying, Donna, why are they acting like children? <laughs> they, they're, they're doing things they know they're not supposed to do. She said, well, a couple of things going on, Gail. You came up through the ranks, and so they're testing you. Mm. So expect to be tested just like children test their parents all the time. Mm -hmm. I, oh, my God, this is exhausting. And then she said, oh, and by the way, just like children, you will create boundaries, and they're going to test to see if it's real. <laughs> right? right? And, yes. and I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you, but you did. Yes. And obviously it worked because yeah. there were good results and what a learning curve, right? Oh my God. Yes. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but you know, that and um, the other job that I was telling you about where I moved around a lot, that was a huge organization. And um, we had, I'll give you a situation. We, they, and they supported their staff so well. I had a situation where there was a woman who worked for me who was just stellar, stellar with what she did. And um, all of a sudden, her work was not all that stellar, and she was missing Fridays and Mondays. And so mm -hmm. I went to HR, and I'm like, um, I have a problem here. And HR just looked at her attendance record, nothing else, and mm -hmm. said, do we have a drinking or alcohol problem here? Oh, Yes. And I said, we have a drinking problem, but here's what has happened with her personal life. And guys, if you are leaders, if you think you can separate personal life from business, you are sorely wrong. Mm -hmm. People are people and it matters. And so uh, we brought her in and we offered her um, sobriety training, AA, on the company. The company would support her as long as she made an effort to clean her acts. The good news is we caught her early on. Wow. So it was, right. And so it was very easy for her. She hadn't developed a habit so ingrained that now we have a physical and emotional and mental issue to also deal with. It was mostly emotional at this point. She was mm. recently divorced. Mm. Right. Um, I had another employee who loved her job again, stellar and was coming in sad and depressed and head down. And 
like, oh, something's wrong. So I called her in and she said, well, I'm looking for another job. I said, well, why? I thought you loved what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, I just moved in with my boyfriend and we can't make ends meet. I need more money. Now, I couldn't give her more money. So I made a deal with her. I said, listen, you ask your boyfriend if he's comfortable with me going over your finances. If I can put you on a budget and it works, will you stay? And she Mm -hmm. said, come to find out money was just seeping through. They were just not paying attention. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks later, she came up and she goes, this is awesome. We have money to play with at the end of the week. I'm staying. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. So this is an amazing transition actually to you talking about what you, when I was looking on your website and looking at the programs that you offer, what I was really impressed with was one part, there's this whole package where it's doing exactly what you're just talking about now. There's the personal career market, the spiritual, talking about spiritual, emotional, well-being, health, wellness, all of that. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's the financial security aspect. There's the, um, it, it, it's, you're, you're looking at a person as for a whole. All, as a whole. I mean, I, I want you to talk more about that, but I do want to just, again, acknowledge, like, how amazing is it that you were able to speak to your employees and look at them as a human, you're not judging them. Right. Um, I don't know if they got defensive or, you know, that could go so many ways. Right. A fight could break right. out. There could be so many things that happen there. But how beautiful of you to reach out a hand, an olive branch. Well, so here's what happens and, and why I was able to do that. I built this thing called Trust mm-hmm. with my staff. And I built that by being vulnerable as well as strong. Brene Brown says, open heart, strong back. Mm. Right? So you lead from your heart, but you're not a doormat, right? Mm -hmm. By all means, right? My staff knew that I was the, you know, I'm the one whose head rolls if there's a problem. So I'll give you another example. Um, I was managing a unit in a controller's department of, of a large company. And one of my staff accidentally let something slip through. The good news is it got ca- caught, so we didn't have a financial hit, but it was it was an oversight. The CFO came out of his office screaming and is, who the F did this? I literally, literally and figuratively put my body between him and my staff. Wow. And I said, this is my fault. I will fix it. Mm. And of course, you better blah, blah, blah. And he went in his office. So um, I mm. talked to the woman. So she, she was actually right behind me when this was going on. Called her in the office. I said, my fault. I trained you. Mm. So this is my fault. I missed something in the training. So let's go through that and be sure that you understand what the process is so this doesn't happen again. Wow. Because it is my fault. See, mm. as a leader, you don't blame your staff. You're the one who trained them. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you take responsibility. And when they flourish, you give them the credit because they did the work. You mm-hmm. create the, the structure 
they do the work. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we talk about being fearless, I was never afraid of getting fired. I don't care. You're going to fire me for doing my job and protecting my staff. By all means, be my guest because I don't want to work for an organization that doesn't allow that. Right. Right. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I did get fired. Huh? Funny about that. Um, hmm. Right. And it, and that's a gift. That's a, a gift if you're in the wrong place. And it is. I'm just so thrilled that I have the opportunity now to speak with leaders about when I talk about flow. What do you think I'm going to be talking about? Leaders, give up your ego. Yeah. You cannot create flow if you're trying to create resistance. Hmm. Flow does not work with resistance. Mm -hmm. You want creativity, you have to first build trust. And if you want to build trust, you need to be vulnerable. Yes. You need to, to accept responsibility and never place blame. Now, does that mean I never fired anybody? Heck, I had a 33% fire ratio for six months in one company. Mm -hmm. Right? And, you know, HR actually called me down and said, what's going on? I said, I just want them to come in and breathe. They just have to come in. They don't even have to work. Mm -hmm. Right? The, the staff that I was, it was the staff I was handed, they, they don't really want to be here. I want people who want to be here. And HR was like, well, that's fine. Okay. Just want to be sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was didn't even want the work. Just come and sit in your desk, please. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> in today's environment, I wouldn't be asking anyone to come in, but I would want them now to show productivity. And that means, what do you have to finish by the end of the week? Don't care how you do it. Just finish it by the end of the week. Right. Right. And that's that's simple. It's very simple. I managed a lot of overseas people long before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. If leadership does not know how to manage remote, where have they been for 20 years? In 1999, people were getting ready for Y2K. Guess what? Right. Guess what? Remote. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Whew. So much experience. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's repetitive, but I just, just need to, before we move on, just really acknowledge the humanness. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the humanness, like you said, leading with the heart, but having a strong back. Um, people respond to that. People, people, nobody responds to being yelled at all the time. Nobody wants to come into a place. I know this is obvious, everybody, but it's just it's obvious. Nobody wants to come into a place that feels icky because the, right. the energy is stuck. You, you feel it. Right. It's real. It's palpable. So switching gears a little bit, um, we heard that you like uh, salsa dancing. So how else do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? So the, the dancing that I do that I competed in is called West and, Say it again. Uh, I'm sorry. You got cut off. The dance that I competed in is called West Coast Swing. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's a creative, innovative lead partner, lead partner type of dancing. So um, I had to learn to be vulnerable because I had to learn to trust that my lead, right? And trust yeah. that I could follow my lead. So it was very, lots of, lots of life lessons there. Um, but what else do I love to do? I love 
to just go for a walk on the beach. Mm. I love the smell of the ocean. I love the feel of the sand between my toes. Um, I have a client who loves to swing. I love to swing. I would, I would take when this is when I was in San Diego, her and I for a session would go to the beach and swing for a while and talk, then lay out a picnic bench and lay down and look at the sky and do our session. Oh my God. That's amazing. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly being immersed in the moment. Um, yes. All senses. Yep. Yep. And so, um, so many of my clients in the past, I still have one who is a, um, a an instructor, um, come from that community because that's, I had strong roots in the dance community mm-hmm. and, um, they are the most sensitive and fearful because when you're competing, you don't know who you get a number, your number is pulled and the leader's number is pulled. And it's like, Hey, you're from Russia. Do you speak English? Cool. All right. What song are they playing? Lead. That's lead and follow. Oh my gosh. Yes. Lead and follow. So, um, it's really important to have enough confidence in your ability. One of the things I learned is that I could be dancing with a beginner who doesn't have a clue what they're doing except for a couple of basics. And as long as they're not going to hurt me, um, in fact, I can even control my body enough that they're not going to hurt me. I can have a good time and just practicing my timing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if your basics aren't strong, you can't be creative. And that's what I mean by life lessons. If your basics aren't strong, you cannot create. Oh, that is a quotable quote. Right? If you cannot dance, if you cannot eat, if you're worried about a roof over your head, food in your mouth, clothes on your back, staying warm, how can you be creative? Yeah. Right? You're locked in survival mode. Once you, in, in, if you hate your job, how can you be creative? Yeah. Right. You're still in survival mode. You're at a job. I know I was there at a job you're not happy with because you need to put a roof over your head. You believe Mm -hmm. rather than, okay, what do I want and how do I find it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. This, yeah. Locked in. Right. Yeah, definitely. And fear will do that. Yeah. Fear is big. Fear is a big one. It's a monster. Fear and shame, the two of them mm-hmm. are devils to deal with. Yep. Yeah, they take up lots of space. <laughs> Not when you <laughs> let them go. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. When you let them go, you're like, bye-bye. Wow. Like in the movie wow. Step Brothers, so much room for activities. Yes. yes. So much room. <laughs> so morning routine, do you have one? Um, yes and no. So, uh, you know, I do have a morning routine where I, you know, I do a little bit of meditating or thought, I call it mindful thinking, um, before I even get out of bed. I, I really do that just before I get out of bed. And then I sit down and think about, you know, what is it that I want to, who do I want to be today? So not, I don't talk about this checklist, this task thing. It's like, how do I want to show up today? And I, and I actually pray a little bit about, you know, give me 
the tools I need to show up for those that I'm interacting with? How do they need me to show up today? Mm-hmm. And have me please show up the best version of me for them today. Mm-hmm. Right? So every day is a new day. Every day is a new me. And I have no idea how I'm going to show up. Um, I listen to the words that come to me. And sometimes, in fact, always when I'm coaching someone, I record the session because I will say something brilliant, which is not for me. <laughs> right. 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 Not for me. Um, and and they'll say, what did you just say? And I'm like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What did I say? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we record the session. So you don't have to say, what did she say? You can say, okay, I'll go back and catch it. <laughs> right, right. You're totally channeling. Right, totally channeling. Mm-hmm. But again, and- it's it's that awareness and just letting it, f- the, the flow, letting it flow through. Yeah. Yeah, because, because what... So for, I'll give you an example. I love my stories. So I had a client this week and he sent me a text. He goes, well, nothing new has happened this week. I don't think we, we need to meet. And I texted back, I'm feeling like we absolutely have to meet. So let's meet. He's like, okay. So we get together and um, I said to him, I said, are you feeling like there's a shift in the energy? And I know for me, you know, I'm having like these sad states which i never get into and then high states it's crazy he's like oh my god let me tell you and we he went on about how whacked out his week was Mm, from not needing to meet (laughs) (laughs) oh nothing's going on and then you able it's like when you touch on that one point and then it opens up because you're like oh no big deal and then you're like wait a minute Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it, it actually turns out to, he's one of my clients who takes notes, even though there's recordings takes notes because he wants to, this is what I want to focus on. This is what I want to focus on, um, based on the conversation, mm-hmm. very aware, man, very intuitive, very creative, um, definitely heart centered. And if, if I were to say, you know, what's his characteristics His God given characteristics, it's love. So, you know, he's very sensitive. So I know that he feels what's going on. I know that he, he sees through people. He doesn't see at them. Right. And he feels sad for some people um, with the weight that they carry, knowing they don't have to. He goes, I want to tell him to call you. I said, well, tell them. He goes, I can't. I said, I know you can't. You can't tell someone, hey, you're a little messed up. Here's my coach's number. No. (laughs) (laughs) You can kind of like. (laughs) You can kind of make a suggestion. I am working with this amazing coach. Would you like to find out about her? (laughs) He does. He does. (laughs) It's all in the wording. Right? It's all in the wording. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So dance, the beach, um, the morning routine, mindfulness, thinking, I love, how do I want to be to get, how, how do I want to be today? And so much of what you're doing is being of service. Cause you're thinking, who do I want to be for others? How do I want to serve? That's actually part of my mission statement. I have an infinite mission statement and it's really, I'm here. My purpose is to be of service. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it, and I don't have to do the heavy lifting. So in the past, I used to think I have to get on stage. I have to make these presentations. I have to, I have to have, well, once I got rid of ego, ego is just almost gone now. 
I realized I don't have to do anything. I can very much be the vehicle for others. So mm -hmm. I've run showcases, speaker showcases, and let others get on stage and, and motivate and inspire people. It doesn't have to be me, right? I've worked collaboratively with people. I've referred people. It doesn't have to be me doing the lifting. I'm mm -hmm. still of service when I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's understanding that. Um, again, uh, a Les Brown story where somebody said to him, how do you get up and speak in front of so many? I mean, thousands and thousands of people. How do you how do you do that? And he said, when I got to the point where I realized it's not about me, mm -hmm. I'm just a channel. Right it's then you release it. And when I heard that, when I finally heard that, and with my own life experience, I can get, I get that now. Right. I, 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 now it's like, yeah, I get it. It has nothing to do with me, Hollis, my passion, my mission, why I'm here, why we're having these conversations, why my shout out from the rooftops is everybody's a creative being like I am. Uh, it's not about me. No. It's about no. the greater good. Yes, because we we are if if you believe in the universal mind, if if you believe in God, if you believe believe in any kind of creation, then then you logically believe that we all come from the same source. If hmm. we all come from the same source, then we're all part of the same source. And so we are universally responsible able hmm. to each other yes right yes right and and that's um i have a, a friend who is a ghost whisperer if you will she helps spirits move on mm -hmm. long story about her daughter playing with the ghost as a child and how she came across this is really a very interesting story and her and a few friends of hers were worked on at the last major school shooting in Texas, mm -hmm. helping the children move on and, you know, letting them know, yes, we'll let your parents know you love them and so on. And had an experience that, you know, you would have to listen to her podcast about the experience to talk about it. It, it was, I was in tears listening to it and her job, her purpose is to help the world, right, heal by helping those souls that can't move on, move on. Mm -hmm. Right, such very important work, you know. Um, and so I, when I met her, this was long before I became a soul realignment practitioner. That's when her and a, and a few other people, I really connected with knowing that there's so much that we don't know about. Yeah, there, there are, I mean, we can only see what our eyes allow us to see. Yeah. There is so much more beyond that vision. Yeah. Yeah. Can you please um, say the name of the podcast here? Because you will pique people's interest for sure. <laughs> um, I cannot remember the name of the podcast, but what I will do, Hollis, is I will get it and send it to you. Yeah. Okay. You can put it in the comments. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. 
Yeah. I actually just got an email from her this week. There's a, like I said, a lot going on energetically. So I was not surprised to see an email come out. She's mm-hmm. like, we need to talk. I'm like, I know, I know we do need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. The people are feeling it. They're feeling it and, um, and they don't understand what's going on with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's this whole, you know, um, people may hear like 3d 5d hear these different terms um and that's a whole other podcast but it's the understanding of what's in front seeing like you said what our eyes can see and uh, the feeling the emotions and all of this other stuff that goes beyond into this fifth dimension um it's a lot right and what's interesting is um you know we can have a whole podcast around putting things in a box right? Um, Mm -hmm. We, language is very limiting. And, you know, we hear these words, and we have a preconceived idea as to what that means. And we're wrong. We're wrong. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Right? Right. And so I'm trying to shift into whatever will be will be. And that will be whatever the reality is at that moment. Right. And that's, and so that's another practice that I do, whatever this moment is living in the moment takes work because every time your brain, your subconscious is, Oh, but last week, no, no, that's not the moment. Yeah. This moment right now. Right. Why do I feel what I'm feeling? Never mind what happened in the past because we put words to feelings and we start to feel similar and we bring up those words and those experiences if you can stop using the words oh i'm feeling depressed and then you're like last time i was depressed and then you go down that spiral yeah but you can say i'm feeling something where is and start you know let's pretend you don't have a word for it Hmm. well so where am i feeling this oh i'm feeling it in my stomach well what does that feel like oh it feels kind of like a knot is the knot hard or soft it's kind of hard is it hot or cold? It's really burning. Okay. Really get curious about where it is and, and don't name it or brand it, but just explain it. And in the process of not trying to label it, it goes away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to have a whole other conversation on that. <laughs> Um, seriously, because it's so funny that you mentioned that. And then I have to move on to the third question. We're getting to the top of the hour. But um, I was just talking to someone literally about an hour and a half before getting on the podcast, talking about um, star seeds and Octorians. And <laughs> if, if people are listening, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Hey, <laughs> <at Starseed, baby. laughs> That's what I do. So realignment, starseed. What starseed do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so look that up. And um, uh, we were just talking about that concept of language and how an Octorian doesn't use perceived language. And that's, you know, in language, there's so much miscommunication because everybody puts a value on it and a meaning. And that's where wars stem from, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you said this and I relate to that in that way. And they're like, wait a minute, I didn't mean it that way. But then it becomes an ego thing. And there's right. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. Yeah. So it's just yeah, interesting. On and on. I love how Brene Brown will say, well, the story that I'm making up in my head right now about what just happened is, so she owns the fact that she knows she's making most of it up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so 
um, I try to use that every once in a while when I start going to, cause I'm human. I'm going to go down a spiral. Right. And right. I'll stop and I'll say, what's the story that you're making up and what exactly did really happen? Right. right. And you find out that most of it is a story that you make up. Yeah. I said to my daughter, I've been telling her for a long time <laughs> if when we'd argue, she's now 19, but I'd say, just put it in a book. So that way, when you're sitting in therapy and you're blaming me for something, you have it as the way that it actually happened because it's going to get all tweaked and messed up over the years. And then I'm going to be blamed for something I didn't really truly do. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then she's like, mom, I'm not going to end up in therapy. I'm like, just saying. Not perfect. I'm not perfect. I know that we're going to go down this road, but anyway. Okay. So third and final question is it's putting um, a little bow on the box, which is why do you think creativity is important? So I did say that I believe that we're here to experience. Mm -hmm. We're also here to expand. And the only way to expand is to get curious and ask questions like the five-year-old or the annoying four-year-old. Why? 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 <laughs> why? I'll do that with my clients. Why? Well, why is that important? Well, well, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Why is this go, you know, why, what, who, where, right? Be, be the reporter. Some of the techniques I use that are, you know, twisted a little bit from NLP, I don't go pure scripts, um, but is okay. Now step away from the emotion of that experience and become the reporter and the observer. Mm -hmm. And if you observe it, what are the questions that you're going to ask and what, what value do you get out of the experience? What value, what gift came out of this experience? And some people say there's no gift in being raped. Mm -hmm. Actually, there is because you became an advocate for abused women because of that experience. Don't you think that's a major gift? Yeah. Right. And so, yes, that moment, there is no gift, but you can see where that led down a path that is and amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so that's why it's important so that we can expand and we can become more. Mm, we can become more. Mm -hmm. Gail, how can people connect with you? Oh, that you can find me on Facebook, Gail Craft, K-R-A-F-T 77, I believe on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Gail Craft, K-R-A-F-T, or you can send me an email. And let me know that you heard me here. And that's Gail, G-A-I-L, at, you ready for this? <laughs> Gailcraft.com. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Shocking. I don't know if you can remember all that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gail, it was so amazing having oh, you hang out and chat with us. Thank you. This was a joy. A joy. I love sharing my stories and if one person gets a gem out of it or an aha, then it is absolutely worth every second, every second. Hollis, we will do this again. We will do this again. We have much to talk on, so much to talk on. So everybody, those joining us live, catching the replay, 
we know you could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you hanging out with us. The space is all about inspiring each other, connecting, sharing stories. So please like, follow, share, listen on all of the places that you listen to your podcast, give a review, all of that good stuff, because we need to spread this message. I believe we've always needed it, but I believe we need it now more than ever. Yes. We need to spread. We need to like have these conversations so people can ex- can understand that creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush, everybody. It does. So wherever you are listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and we'll be talking to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. (laughs) Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. (laughs) There is also my TV show, I Am Creative check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.